0: Is Bloomberg Surveillance. From this point forward, all economics can tell you is that once the unemployment rate dips down below five percent, that wages should pick up. Monetary policy cannot by stimulating create permanent jobs, and it can't lift long-run potential
1: growth.
2: If the unemployment rate keeps falling in the way that I think it will, at some point the Fed is probably
1: going to have to tighten more aggressively than they expect. Bloomberg Surveillance,
3: your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on. Bloomberg Radio.
4: Good morning, everyone. This is Jobs Day. Michael McKee and Tom Keene from New York. We're in our world headquarters. We welcome all of you worldwide to an hour focused on the American labor economy. Mr. McKee off Barry Ritholtz of Bloomberg View and Masters in Business is with us uh, today. Barry, who do you have this weekend on Masters in Business? Uh,
2: this weekend is Tom Dorsey of Dorsey Wright, now part of the NASDAQ right. group. Really fascinating Why? Why you
4: want to hear from Mr. Dorsey Wright is he owns relative analysis in the equity markets. He essentially invented it, uh, invented that careful analysis. I'm a huge fan of his work. Looking for that with Barry Ritholtz uh, this weekend. This Jobs Day, this important hour with Jim Glassman and Bill Gross brought to you by Cohn Resnick, accounting tax advisory in the affordable housing industry. Your business needs transformative advice from the industry-leading experts at Cone Resnick. Find out why at CohnResnick.com, C-O-H-N. R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. We love doing this, and we've got our two grizzled veterans uh, with us. Bill Gross to join us here in a bit. And, yes, we'll focus on the bond market and Central Bank. But right now we need a reality check, which is what Jim Glassman calls it when he looks at our economy. Atlanta GDP now has a 0.6% statistic. Many economists angling down their global and their American economic views – and yet, the unemployment rate could drop today. Yeah. I'm confused.
0: Yeah, no, I think this has uh, been going on for a while. And frankly, by the way, there is a big distortion in the first quarter. It's very consistent. GDP numbers tend to be on the low side by a couple percentage points, and then they pop back in the second quarter. Is that been,
4: because of taxes? I had, I was cornered yesterday uh, at the Quai event, thanks to David Sauer. You know,
0: you I know, think I, when I when I look at it, I think it's coming from two things: the trade sector, and this is really the the rise of trade with Asia is becoming much more important. But the problem is Asia figures get really distorted by Chinese New Year. And so it could be, but that's part of the story. The other part, it comes from the government sector. So honestly, I I think the bigger story is ask yourself, why are we getting so much hiring when GDP growth has been so slow? From the point of view of the job market, this is one of the strongest recoveries we've seen in a very long time in terms of job growth relative to labor force. I think one thing that's going on in the background you might want to think about ask yourself why is there so much hiring going on Seattle San Francisco Provo we mentioned Boston Portland earlier technology sector right mm-hmm. so think about it we're inventing a lot of new platforms here you got to have the people in place to do that before we actually see the products that are spinning out, the apps and all the things that are coming out of the tech sector. So I think part of the issue here of why productivity looks so slow, why we're getting such good hiring when GDP is not doing much, is partly because we're inventing a new frontier, and it takes a lot of work to get there. And I hear, you know, when I'm out in San Francisco, I hear about speculative hiring. To me, that's a sign. That's sort of an aspect of this. So. You know, and the other, the other thing that's going on, by the way, the demographics are changing in the U.S. So we don't need as much growth as we're used to thinking in order to get the unemployment rate to come down. And so you look at population growth, has been growing 1%, but the labor force has been growing half a percent over the last nine ten years. And what that's telling you is the, as the demographics, as the baby boom generation retires, the, there's a huge slowdown in the working age population. And so it makes it easier to get the unemployment rate to come down with the kind of you know easier than what you would think given the kind of growth rates we're used to seeing.
2: Jim, you started out saying uh, Portland, Seattle, California, Denver. I thought you were going to legal marijuana. I'm glad you uh-huh. you made a left they, you made a right are, turn away from that. They are booming out in Denver. Out uh, they <laughs> they absolutely are. But being serious for a moment, that raises the question why haven't wages ticked up if there's such a mass demand For employees and
0: specialized, skilled employees,
2: why have we seen such a punk wage recovery?
0: You know, I think behind the scenes, you are seeing very strong gains in specialized skills. The problem is, folks are having a hard time finding all these people. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the tech sector, wage trends doing quite well relative. We've got a lot of mixed currents here, and so with the oil sector now, Hunkering down, um, some of those pay trends have been coming down. But I think the the bigger story on wages is less about the cycle and more about a secular thing that's been going on for a couple of decades. Talk all this innovation. Well, all mm-hmm. this innovation is displacing routine work. And so, if you look at the share of income that's going to workers in the economy, it's been sliding. It's been coming down. When
2: you're looking at the total numbers, but what's actually number. happening is there are fewer
0: people making more money because the, that's yeah. the app economy. Yeah, that, that's really a symptom of the major disruptions that are going on from technology. So, you know, it, it, for an economist, um, we are not as pessimistic about no. this because we think technology opens up new opportunities and eventually people yeah. figure it out.
4: And Janet Yellen danced around this week. We did not hear the word slack as much. Right. But it is, as a lot of people who constructively worry about all this, Is said, and I I, I do think it's important. The the basic, the basic idea is, uh, it's a job economy with a lot of frictional unemployment. Is it a new frictional unemployment, a new permanent unemployed?
0: You know, I think uh, I'm not as pessimistic about the unemployment picture because we are getting people back to work and unemployment's coming down and the hidden unemployment problem is, is slowly disappearing as we pull people back into the market. I think Janet Yellen's issue, and I, th- I, think, I really think there may be a subtle shift in strategy going on. When interest rates are at very low levels, it's close to the zero bound, the Fed has fewer options in Agreed. the event of a crisis. Yeah. And I think what's going on is the January freakout in the market, although <laughs> the market's totally back here, I think that was a fire drill for the Fed. And they said, oh, my gosh, what if we do have a big an, another threat? What choices do we have? And I think this has always been the struggle there. We've always thought they had two choices. They could either – start early and go slowly, or wait, drag your feet, and then go very quickly. And I think what they may be realizing is that in order to to maximize their options, they'd be better off if the economy is really flying. So
2: do we want a Fed that is this focused on the stock market? I know this is sort of the legacy of Alan Greenspan, that every twitch in the market caught his attention, Shouldn't the Fed be thinking bigger picture than day-to-day market moves? You know,
0: I, I think so myself, but I think when I think about it, I, I myself was really skeptical when the market was free-falling, but we're used to this kind of noise in the market. But I think at the Fed it was less about the market, the stock market. The stock market raised an issue for the Fed. I think it made people realize that there are risks outside the U.S. economy sure. that could pop up, hey. and it made them think more sharply about what, hap- what do you do if there is a problem.
4: If they raised rates, Jim Glassman, what would happen?
2: You know, uh, I mean, not actually, much. To so fifty basis I, points. I, not much. Dogs and cats living together. Total mayhem. What,
0: what would actually happen? I mean, I understand twenty minutes, but in fact, you kind of wish they'd come in and raise them fifty or hundred basis points, and then we'd be done with one it. One week out, and uh, then we get or Three
4: it. months out.
0: Yeah. What would happen? Uh, Not a lot. I mean, in the emerging, think about all that hysteria that was going on when the Fed was talking about that first move. The emerging markets universe is sensitive to this. But the truth is, you've got to run monetary policy on the what things look like in your region. And I keep telling people in the emerging markets, if the Fed is doing the right thing, a healthy economy with less disruption in interest rate markets is going to be better for them than having the Fed keeping interest rates artificially low.
2: And when you say they're sensitive to rates. You're really
0: indirectly saying they're extremely sensitive to the U.S. dollar. Uh, they are, but I, and I think part of that is because it, th- there's a lot of fast money that moves in and out from from the U.S. to emerging markets, and modest change in inter- interest rate structures really change those dramatically. Should, so that, really be, part of it. should that really be the focus of the I Fed, I think though? so. I think the focus ought to be on how is the economy doing? Great. Uh, Where. are do you, can you make this adjustment process orderly? Uh, then I think it, the, 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 the more they can go, slow steps, means you can make this whole adjustment process much more orderly. And I think the risk in what's going on is that it becomes more disorderly when they actually yeah. have to move. So, so in,
2: the last, in the last 30 seconds we have,
0: are we going to see an increase in June? Is that the expectation? I think that's pretty likely, given what's going on in the job market and the inflation trends.
4: Well, oh, I'll have to see Jim Glassman uh, with us to get us prepared. A spirited conversation to get you ready for the jobs report in 20 minutes. Uh, we'll go beneath the headline data, and the, today that means wage growth. As John Herman and others have said, wage dynamics are what not there. Frankly, Janet Yellen said that the other day. She read John Herman's report, and, and Jim Glasswood's. For that matter, wage growth is the mystery that's out there, and uh, we will see that. I just had an email in from Harry. So why don't they raise, uh, you know, why don't they raise rates, and for that matter, why don't they raise uh, wages, that's uh, one of the complexities we'll talk to Jim Glassman about. Futures negative 10, Dow futures negative 69. Yields fractionally higher, typical jobs day. turn to the screen, one difference. Oil 37.37 on West Texas Intermediate, down 95 cents. Brent crude down 92 cents uh, as well. So oil saga, you see that in copper um, as well. Again, futures negative 10. Dow futures negative 65. And out of the news in New York City, here's Michael Barr.
3: Tom, Barry, thank you very much. A major topic for President Obama today at the Nuclear Security Summit is stopping groups like the Islamic State from obtaining nuclear material and other weapons of mass destruction. One U.S. official says Islamic State leaders have the intent to use any weapon they can to murder or create fear. Today is the second and final day of the nuclear summit in Washington. The reopening of Brussels Airport, even under reduced capacity, has been hampered by demands from police for more security at the terminal. Last week's deadly bombing at the airport destroyed the check-in area. Brussels officials hope to have the airport open by this evening. Police in Richmond, Virginia say they are not sure why a gunman fatally shot a Virginia state trooper at a busy downtown bus terminal yesterday. Two other troopers opened fire, killing the shooter. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Tom, Barry? Very good. I'm
4: Michael Barr. Thanks so much. Jim Glassman with us with J.P. Morgan. And then a conversation. We'll get jobs. We'll speak to Mr. Glassman, Dr. Glassman. And then Bill Gross will join us live on radio and television. Stay with us. This is Jobs Day, Bloomberg Surveillance.
3: Counting down to the open bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Try one at your local Jeep dealer today. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com. The Radio Plus mobile app and on your radio. This is a
1: Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower ahead of the March jobs report. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are under pressure today. Dow futures currently lower by 62 points. s and dropped 9 and Nasdaq futures declined by 18. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.77%. Overnight in Asia markets, the Nikkei dropped 3.6%. That's the most in seven weeks. While European markets are also falling, led by 2.6% losses in France and Germany. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, non-farm payrolls estimate 205,000. Unemployment rate estimate 4.9%. At 9.45, market U.S. manufacturing PMI. And at 10 o'clock, ISA manufacturing, construction spending, and Michigan sentiment. After the Bells, Tesla unveiled the Model 3.00. Shares are up 6.6% pre-market, and Marvel Technologies sees fiscal year net revenue significantly lower year-over-year. In deal news, Anbag is walking away from Starwood bid, clearing the way for Marriott. Also, in other news, BlackBerry missed revenue estimates. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades at Citigroup. J2 Global raised to buy, and Viacom cut to neutral. American Airlines, Delta, and United Continental all cut to whole versus buy at Deutsche Bank. Chipotle cut to neutral at Goldman Sachs. And Capital One raised to overweight at J.P. Morgan. Live from the First of Breaking News desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. Thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk go on your terminal, that's S-Q-U-A-W-K-Go. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Barry.
4: And Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. To the day's headlines have you searching for more investment views? Invesco's experts can help. Find the latest Thought leadership at the Invesco blog. Visit Invesco.com slash US to subscribe. We need a reality adjustment. That's what we're doing with Jim Glassman 12 minutes before the jobs report. Uh, I love the Economic Policy Institute, Jim Glassman. They write smart, informed articles pushing back against elite certitude. Robert Scott, who we've interviewed before, David Cooper, they just bring up a small point. Almost two-thirds of people in the labor force do not have a college degree. We forget that. I mean, ritholtz you know, the way he lives the big life out in the suburbs or the way you and I live within three zip codes of New York City, we don't get this. Two-thirds of America
0: doesn't have a college degree. Where do they get jobs? Well, they're... Pretty smart is my guess a- anyway, and they've got jobs all over the country. There's all kinds of jobs getting created in the service sector and the manufacturing sector. A lot of people think, well, we don't make anything here in the U.S. The truth is we have a I- – I see a lot of these folks as their clients, and we have manufacturing operations all over the place, and these are fo- there are all kinds of jobs to do out there, and these are folks uh, – there's plenty of jobs out there. Most Most jobs actually – I uh, don't require a Ph.D. in economics. and um, Really? In fact, if you have
2: one, it might get in the way. Now, aren't we seeing uh, uh, amongst that spread of different educational attainment, if you have a graduate degree or a college degree, your unemployment rate is considerably lower as a group and your wage gains are
0: considerably higher? Is that still true? That's true, but that may tell you more about the cultural differences in who, who tends to have college degrees, who doesn't. I, I don't think... What does it that, tell us about the nature of our economy where growth is? Well, we're, I don't think it tells you much about that because what, this has always been going on. Whenever, mm-hmm. If you have a college degree, you're probably lucky in that you had someone to help you out or you decide, you, you were motivated to get a college education. But the truth is the, the needs of the job market have less to do with a college degree or not. It's more specific skills that you pick up. In the old days, you'd pick them up from the union shop or from the shop class in high school. Apprenticeship, mentorship. Right. And those are the kinds of things that really get you a job. If you know how to weld for a while, you were getting pretty good pay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the unemployment rate, it tells you more... Maybe people who have high, un, who have low education are less attached to the labor market, and so they tend to have a higher unemployment level, but that's always been the case. But, but, the, but the good thing is, as you watch what's evolving here, everybody is doing better. It, it, levels are higher. Some, some classes have higher – some groups have higher unemployment levels than others, but everything about the labor market is getting better. All measures of unemployment are getting better. We're not there yet. I mean, the unemployment rate, 4.9%, is kind of exaggerating what's really going on. There's a lot of hidden unemployment out there. And I think if you look at the ratio... Or underemployment. Or underemployment, part-timers. If you look at the ratio of people who were 45 years of age or younger who have a job, it's coming back. But it's not where we were in 2007. And I think that's the best... Gives you the best. We're about two and a half million people shy of where we would have been back in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of implies to me we're still in the seventh inning of uh, economic recovery, it, even though the okay, unemployment rate, take a face value, says we're ninth.
4: The summary of
0: this is simple. And I go to Jeff, the economist
4: Jeff Immelt of Dartmouth and General Electric. I'm kidding. Jeff Immelt says, look, all we need is 3.2% GDP. Do you have the gloom of a perpetually low GDP? Or is part of this healing of our labor economy
0: decent American growth? It's, it's decent American growth, and I think we're going – we're not really sure. Janet Yellen raised this issue. We've all been puzzling, wondering if maybe the GDP estimates are off base a little bit, uh, and they will get. Re- it takes time to get them revised. But I really think um, I'm expecting to see better trends over the next couple of years.
2: So, so from whence does all this angst in the last 30 seconds we have, where is all this political angst
0: coming from? Well, it's really coming out of something that's been brewing for a couple of decades, right? Because we've had, we've had major, major changes, sweeping changes in innovation that are touching everybody. And it's displacing a lot of jobs, and it takes time for people to get refocused. And for some people, they can't get retrained. If you're 55 and lose a job, how, how can you retrain for some of these jobs? And I think that's really what's going on, that, that, that there's really something bigger that's been sweeping through the economy. Yeah. It's not about the cycle. The cycle is behind us, basically.
4: But who's the most <laughs> important person on Bloomberg Surveillance today? Devin, he just came in and fixed the printer
0: ah. for the jobs
4: report. He's the most important
0: guy. Give him a raise.
4: Yeah, give him a raise, and he's exactly what we're talking about in terms of <laughs> this place wouldn't go. That's what matters. Without our staff that exactly. fixes all this technical stuff, including the Bloomberg terminal that we work with every day. Futures negative eight. now futures negative fifty eight. Again, to help you through the next six minutes and into the rest of surveillance this morning. Uh, we'll have the jobs report. Jim Glassman of J.P. Morgan will help us here with some of those headline statistics. And then, as only Dr. Glassman will do, we can go beneath it. Uh, unemployment rate, 4.9%. Looking at the wage dynamics, stasis, 2.2%. Maybe a month over month, a little bit of growth. We'll see. Of course, we'll give you revised adjusted numbers as well. And then a conversation with Bill Gross. He is scathing about the speed that our central bank is moving at. With Jim Glassman and later with Bill Gross, Bloomberg Surveillance.
3: we all do respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit Land Rover at tristate.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.